Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello. Hi, Vanya. Hi, Avrin. This is Avrin. Hi, I'm Vanya, and I'm the Rom. And I'm Avrin, and I'm the crime. That's right. That's right. And welcome to Rom Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast that has a... Romantic sneezings. (sighs) Okay, so the reason I said sneezings, I mean, it's just because my nose is stuffed up, and I'm sorry. Vanya and I are both a little head coldy this week, but we just think it adds, like... I think a little. I Do you don't think know, it adds depth, like a sexy a element, sexy or does throatiness. it make me sound like a little kid? I'm like, you got nice. Well, you sound like a little kid right now. Right now, my nose is super <laughs> stuffed up. Welcome. Guess what? It's sweater weather, bitches. Because it is sweater sweater weather. It I, is. Do you want to know what sweater I'm wearing? It's from Costco. I bought Ooh. it for fourteen ninety nine, and it's the softest material. It's not a sweater. It's like a. You know, it's got a zip in the front. Nice. I feel like an 80-year-old woman. I'm like, is it drafty in here? Are you trying a little bit to look like our um, lo- lovely Linda uh, Riss Pugash? Oh, my God. I love her. Yes. I've been online. If you guys didn't listen to the last episode, it's uh, it's fun. We enjoy it. Give it a listen. Give it a listen. But uh, the, our main lady has wonderful Just fashion. Epic. And I'm telling you, I've been online looking for her glasses, the frames. Yeah, you should. I'm trying. They're I good. can't find them. I just actually watched the movie The Kitchen. Did you see that or hear about that? It has um, no. Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth oh. Moss and Tiffany Haddish. And it's about three um, wives whose husbands are all in the Irish mob in Hell's Kitchen in the late 70s, early 80s. And they go to prison. What? No. And, yeah, I know. I, I never heard of it either. I'm gonna be totally honest. It was just okay of yeah, a movie, but fine. my God, the the costumes Ugh. you would live for it. I know. I wanted every single outfit. Okay. All three of for them. For that, wore. I will watch. Yeah. And, it's, and I mean, also, it's I love Tiffany Haddish. Oh, She's like one of my favorites. And I Melissa. love Tiffany Haddish. And I got to give her it? a drink one time before you she did. went on stage at an event t- that I was like working as oh a catering God. bartender. And she was about to go on stage. I don't know if I'm allowed. Whatever. I did. I was about. She was about to go on stage. Did you sign an NDA? I don't think so. Great. Keep uh, talking. Unless when I signed <laughs> up at the company, I signed an NDA and didn't no, realize No, no, no. You're fine. But anyway, she was about to go on to basically introduce somebody, and it was this big charity event. It was the night where I saw Beyonce. Oh my god. Oh my god. It was like one of the cooler things I've worked. Yeah, that's amazing. And uh, she was about to go on stage, and. She, you could tell she was nervous a little bit, kind I of like messing with her hands. And then she kind of looked over, and I was in her line of sight. And oh she my was god! Like, Could I get a vodka soda? I was wondering. I'm like, what did she order? Yeah. Or was if it, it was vodka me, soda or vodka rocks? But it was vodka. It, I bet it was rocks because you know bubbles make you burp. That's right. I think it was vodka rocks. And she's smart. But it was just a moment where I was like, yes, ma'am. One second. I'd be like, holy shit, you're so and funny. And she's so funny. I know. I love her. That so much. movie was it? Girlfriends or Girls Trip? Girls Night Out. Girls Night Out. Oh no, Girls, Girls Trip. Trip was yeah, one of the funniest things I've I ever own seen. It. I, I know. Laughed. She. That's where she came into everybody's psyche. But she'd been doing like you know stand up for years and years right. and years. But that's when she basically strat like into the stratosphere as she well deserves I to be. Because I also bitch. love her show, The OG with Tracy Morgan on TBS is so funny. What Tiffany Haddish 
sponsors this podcast. <laughs> she okay. doesn't know it yet. She doesn't know Through it yet. Through Groupon, she sponsors We love us. you. Yeah, but we do love her. I know. So good. She's so good. I'm so sorry. Why did I even bring... Oh, because no. we were talking about glasses. The sunglasses uh, that Melissa McCarthy's character wears in that movie, The Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Made me feel like I needed to go out and find... I know. Every single pair she was Do you wearing. know what I, where I went the other day? Where? I went to the bins. Has anyone ever been there? It's no. it's the Goodwill that before it gets to the st- to the Goodwill stores, they pour everything into these blue bins and people like attack it. Like where is that scavengers? I will take you. It's really intense. There's like people with like gloves and face masks because they're well, going through yeah, shit. You don't know what you're gonna. But touch. I found a couple cute Levi's and I bought them nice. and I said, you know, I think these are gonna fit me and they did. So fashion baby. <laughs> uh, but fashion, also, you know, try, I'm honestly trying really hard not to you to do fa- fast fashion, meaning like you know the no, mass produced, yeah. whatever. I don't, I I don't know. I I don't have the money to buy like the sustainable brands. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go buy reuse stuff, recycle, yeah. reuse. I love nothing more than like a thrift store or um a a trading company. I was about to say an Arizona trading company, <gasps> which is a great segue Ooh. into our story tonight. Welcome to our that story. Because that's a thing. The one here is Crossroads, but in uh, Lawrence, uh, Kansas, uh, where uh, I went to college, go Jayhawks. Go Jayhawks. Arizona trading company uh, uh, was basically uh, 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 the crossroads or the place where you could buy, sell, and trade your clothes. Ooh, fun. Yes. So our story tonight. <laughs> it, it all happened one night in Tucson, Arizona. Yes. Okay, not one night, but... Well, our story, technically, it was our story takes one place. afternoon in Tucson, Arizona. That's true. And fun fact, I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Oh, hello. Yes. I, I don't know why we applauded that. But um, yeah, I was born in Tucson, and I lived there until I was 12 years old. So that means we moved away in 1994, yep. and this uh, story... Yes. It was in the This rom crime. This rom crime was in the middle of happening, but the, the crime part happened in 96 so two years after my family moved away and so while because I'm obsessed with like forensic files and 48 hours and datelines in 2020s I've heard of this story it was only when we decided to do it that I deep dived and was like hot shit I know every I know every place they're talking about I had brunch at the place where the incident took place multiple times in my life yes I had an aunt who worked there. What? Um, it's all. I have actually a lot of personal connections to this story, so I oh will God, throw so those excited. tidbits in as we go. You along. guys, this is better than we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah. Usually, we're just like psycho babbling about stuff, but this one we have actual. I have actual connections to this, I, or my family does. Let's. My mother does. Let's put it that way. My mother has literally met the people we're about to talk about. Whoa! So. We are now going to tell you guys the story of Pamela and Gary Triano, yes. which is just a great name, by the way. Yeah, Triano. I was like the Triano family. It, it yes. sounds very mob. It sounds very money, but like maybe like nouveau riche yeah. mob money, yeah. right? Like HBO show, Where Are You? Totally. Nouveau riche means new money. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just smiling like an asshole over here, but I just love it. Cold medicine is fun, you guys. <laughs> <My> <laughs> um, okay, so Gary and Pamela Triano. Yep. The um, <laughs> sorry, let's take that again. Gary and Pamela Triano <laughs> were married in San Diego oh, yes. in 1986. Yep. Pamela, she, she was a Phillips dish. Was a dish. Former She's, model. Was she? Total bombshell beauty. She's gorgeous. She really is beautiful. We'll post pictures. And this is like pre when people got to do surgery or like Botox or anything. She had the most gorgeous she lips. She was and just a beautiful she was woman. Really lady. Although there is a whole thing on the internet when you type in Pam or Pamela Phillips, one of the options is teeth. Yeah, what so is that? So I was that? like, what? And I guess she did kind of have some messed up teeth. Okay. But I don't know how that happened because in all the photos of her when she's young, she looked like she had great teeth. I will teeth. say, I'm a weirdo. I kind of like messed up teeth. Like my Why did you? Hu- my hu- not messed up, but like quirky. Not perfect. But not perfect because my husband, when we got together, which was very young, <laughs> uh, he had like a cute little... I, dare I is I don't want to is this offensive snaggle tooth he had like a little not really but like he had like one little one that in the why front. would that be offensive I don't know it's like so I'm know, just curious but ginger I'm... is offensive right is, is that, it yeah you can't call people gingers oh. I'll Anyways. just stop talking then no. you go 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay, so anyways, he had the cutest little mouth. A little and snaggle tooth. Then he, while we were together, he got braces. And I stayed with him because guess what? I fuck. He was so cute. You I just him. loved him. He is it. cute. Yeah, anyways, he has straight teeth now. But I didn't know I'm he had bored. braces when you guys were oh, together. Oh, yeah, he did. That's amazing. Sorry, I digress. Fun fact of Averin's uh, close connections to this, a good friend of my mom who uh, lived in... Oh, no, sorry. I'm messing up my fun facts. My uncle, yep. my dad's brother, yes. his best friend was the Triano Kids orthodontist in Aspen. Oh, so look at this. Look at that. I just We're tied that in. Yep. We didn't even plan Good that job. out. You know what? Sometimes. Fun fact number one. Yep. My <laughs> uncle's friend, so I'm really loosely tied was into Pam's this, Was Pam's kids orthodontist. and Gary's kids orthodontist So if Aspen, you know Colorado. them and their teeth are straight, you know why. That's right. You know who did it. Thank you, orthodontist of the world. Thanks, unks. Uncle. <laughs> thanks uncle for having a friend yeah <laughs> who was an orthodontist <laughs> oh, okay right. so we're gonna stay on track so yeah 86 they get married they're San a jet set on a couple. yacht do they really they got married on a yacht yeah with all so here's the deal with because gary's like yo lady i'm like 20 million worth at least he is a wheeler and a dealer he was a very successful real estate agent who had moved into real estate development he also had a lot of side gigs Basically, he ran um, bingo. He had like casinos, Indian, Indian bingo casinos. Oh, really? Or it was something where I it was know. bingo was a big part of it. Okay. But basically, casinos. Yep. Um, on Indian reservations, that oh. was like his side money. That was all cash money, kind of off oh. the books. Maybe I don't don't quote me on that. But that right. was a side project. He was also a very successful real estate developer. Yep. Kind of had his hands in. And developing just means what, like. I think it means you're like, you here's find, this land. Whose is it? Let's yeah, buy it let's, and sell it. Then let's build something develop on it. it. Got let's it. develop it into a mall Got or it. a casino. And Pam is a aspiring socialite. Straight up admits that. Right. You know, she... In Tucson. In Tucson, which as someone who grew up in Tucson, I can tell you that the possibility of being a socialite does exist there. That's funny. I grew, in a pla- grew up in a place where there, there were, they were, there were none. No socialites. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know I, but any I love, But I kind of love it because, you know, I would watch, you know, TV with my mom and I'd be like, oh, who are those, you know, just like, I never really watched Dallas, but you know, that's my idea of a, what a socialite yeah, is. like country clubs, big, big hair, big hair, balls. beautiful makeup. I had to go to a class when I was like 12, I think. Uh-huh. And it was basically an etiquette course. Killed. Really? But it was boys and girls. It was all about etiquette. You had to learn, you know, about you know, how to basically act. I don't anymore. Oh. I was 12. I've blocked it. I also had to dance with a boy. Everybody was really awkward. And Did you do the butterfly? Like, <laughs> let me see that Tootsie Roll. Okay, I that, totally tootsie that was not in the etiquette ex- class. Go on, sorry. I don't think that existed yet. I think I might be older than that. <laughs> but anyway, we had to dance with boys. And the whole course was basically kind of a preamble to... A debutante ball. Really? Which was something that I know that my mom had envisioned. You being a... All of her daughters. Oh. She, you know, I'm one of four girls. Yeah. And, and a boy, but boys don't get to have debutante balls. So. Which is some bullshit. That's so unfair. Yeah. You know but they want rem- it. What is a debutante ball? It's basically an antiquated... Um, Thing. A debutante ball is basically like a, a 17 or 18-year-old girl's coming out Oh, party. like a quinceanera? Well, it's yes and no. It's basically you wear a white dress, like a wedding dress. Oh, you slutty virgin. <laughs> you dance with your dad and then other oh, you people that are virgin. guys. And it's basically like, this is my coming out party. I'm now a woman. I'm entering I society. Oh, yeah. I think I'm, it's I'm pretty, ready for marriage. I think it's pretty antiquated. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Now it's probably just a really fun party for Which the I participants. Love. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, it was, I think, meant to be like, future pr- prospective husbands, look at me. I'm so pretty. And look at my white dress. Imagine me in a white dress walking towards you one day. Yes. Queen. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I love it. I didn't know what that was, so I love it. Yeah, so a debutante ball. There's a name for it, but I feel like I'm not saying. Should that be my next birthday theme for my yes. bir- next birthday? Just debutante? debutante ball, and everybody has to basically black tie Guys in tuxedos, Everybody girls should do in that. white dresses. Everyone should do that for their next birthday. That sounds amazing. 2020, guys. Okay, so basically wheeler and dealer Gary Triano. Yeah. Very, very successful. Making money. Making all of the money. He is married and has two children. He is, his wife, Mary, and he have two kids. 
He's a he's huge in the real estate world. So after Pam realizes that being a model in Tucson, Arizona, isn't going to be a big money gig for right. her, she decides to get into the real estate business. Yeah. And she's working and she's doing all right, but she's certainly not in that top echelon of I see. like the big wigs of real estate in yep. Tucson, Arizona, which was a hugely growing city in this time. Really? Arizona was becoming one of the most populated states in this time period, uh-huh. so late 80s. And Tucson is one of the biggest cities in Arizona. Okay. So she is invited to a party that Gary and Mary, I didn't even realize their names were Gary and Mary Triano, were hosting Oh, so he's, like the he's previously estate. married. Oh, yeah. He's straight up married. Okay, so, as, so they're he's not married. married yet. Got it, got it. Okay, so he's okay. a married man with two kids. He hosts a huge party basically for the real estate world, and they invite all of these different people in real estate. Yeah. And one of those people is Pam Ala uh-huh. Phillips. Yeah. And they meet at this party, and basically within, I want to say, a matter of months, he's left his wife. And has proposed to Pamela. Oh, wow. So she, like, came to this party, rocked his world just by how stunning she was, and he left his wife, proposed to her, and they got together. And then were married on a yacht in 1986 in San Diego. Wow. Yeah. I'm, like, imagining what that was like, you know. I mean, she, throughout this, seems like she's a little bit of, like, trying to marry rich or whatever, always trying to, like get into the society like you're saying she was she wanted to she she wanted to be rich and, and she was beautiful yeah. and she really was so do you think she was just like you could stay in me if you marry know. me like i just so interesting about her though is that she wasn't a trophy wife right. she continued to work in real estate and became successful it's in true her they own say life. she's like well she said and who knows but that she was worth a couple million when they own. got married on right but so she was a, still a working woman up until like they got married and maybe she started having kids. Yeah. But you know, she basically married this incredibly wealthy, well-known, yeah. big-time business guy in Tucson and now she is living the dream. They have this beautiful home, they get yeah. married on a yacht. I she feel like this is richer than we even think about. Like Yeah, this is lifestyle of the rich and famous. This is this is a couple but anyway, they they actually <laughs> rubbed elbows and spent time with Donald Trump and Marla Maples, Ooh. who would come in on their private jets. They'd all go to like U of A basketball games together, or play a round of golf, or fly to Vegas. Wow. So they were. He was definitely hobnobbing with the super rich. Yeah. So now she's his wife. She's doing all of the things that she thinks you know she needs to do to become part of that society. Oh, yes. So there we're coming to like oh my God, the second it. part of my connection to the story. Yes. So. Uh, one of those things is joining Junior League, which Bonnie and I both swore we were going to look up. Dude, I'm looking it up right now. Right now. It is. But basically. The Junior Leagues are educational and charitable women's organizations aimed at improving their communities through volunteerism and building their members' civic leadership skills through training. Yes. That is what they do. So she joined the Junior League. But isn't there like a line at like, is like the Junior League. What? I think it's like a lady society. I'm a lady. But it's, it's basically women who, oh, I feel like I'm going to sound like an asshole right now, but women who don't necessarily work, but who want to be contributing like to the community. So it's charities. Yeah. Which it's is a, cool. It's a group of women coming together and learning basically yeah. about how to be charitable and give back to their community. Um, but basically my connection to this case <laughs> in this little like tidbit about her joining high society yes, I love it. is that my mom, sorry, not my mom, Pamela. Yeah. Triano, yep. nay Phillips, yep. was one of my mom's provisionals when she chaired all of the, when she was the chairwoman of the committee for all the new members. Right. So she trained league. Pam. So my mom straight up trained this woman. How to be a junior league. How to do junior league. Connection number two. Love it. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so he's wheeling and dealing. He's got Indian casinos. Um, he's a developer. Right. He's got he's got people giving him money. He's investing yeah. people's money, and things mm. had always gone so well for him, and they just start to fall apart. Doesn't he have like a gambling addiction? He also has a l- giant gambling problem, which wasn't an issue when he was making a lot of money. Yeah. 
So basically, he gets a bunch of investment, like a bunch of money from investors to build this casino in California on this, I believe, an Indian reservation uh-huh. down near San Diego. Okay. Gets all of these people to give him all this money. But the thing is, you have to get rights to build on Native Native, American reservations. And he can't make it happen no matter how hard he tries. He loses all these people's money in trying to develop this land for a casino. On top of that, legislation change, which now gives Native Americans the right to run and operate their own casinos, which basically puts his little side cash job where he was bringing in something, I heard like $25,000 a month just in cash, like off the books that he was just throwing around from his bingo casinos. There's no longer a place for him there because now the Native Americans can do it. They are like, we don't want, get off. We're going to do our own thing. Yeah, we've been... yeah, you know. it's been long enough. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're going to run our own businesses on our land. Thank good. you very much, and good yeah. for them. Yes. So, basically, shit is not going well. He's got investors calling, debt collectors calling. He's been borrowing money from all kinds I of I heard he people. was borrowing from, like, uh, like Mexican mobsters, like a gang right? or that's, whatever. That's definitely and they will one of the, fa- one of the groups of people they say that he had he owed money to. Yeah. So this whole wonderful life that the two of them had been having where they were this super power couple. He had a jet. Yes, he had a private jet. All over. They were living it up. Well, the rug basically gets pulled out from underneath them. Yeah. And he is very, very convinced that in his current predicament, it's going to, it's not going to be easy to get back on top. Yeah. This is not, what Pamela signed up. Right. For. Are we seven years in at this point? We're basically several, se- about the, seven years it's into like marriage. Seven year two itch. kids later. Yeah. And the seven year itch hits hard because now they're Poe. That's Poe. And that's no good for Miss Pamela. And Pam was never, ever going to be poor. Yeah. That was not the plan. That was not the goal. I read something very interesting Ooh, where somebody, a, a couple of forensic psychologists, so sorry, one forensic psychologist and then one some kind of psychiatrist, I should have written it down, talked about how she was like a pretty clear-cut case of a sociopath. Really? In so much that sociopaths, they hate to lose. They don't like people to break promises to them. So when they basically have a picture in their head of what they're going to have, how things are going to be, when that doesn't work out for them, that's not cool. Am I a sociopath? We're all sociopaths. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, I would never kill anybody. But no, I mean, well, does it? You don't have to. I'm a control you don't freak. Have to kill people to be yeah. a sociopath. Oh, great. But um, I'm not saying you're. I a love sociopath, you, Anya. everyone. I'm but not. that was. I thought that was interesting. That it's basically, it's a promise that's been broken to her, and that's yeah. unforgivable right. to a sociopath and to Pam. So their marriage is in trouble. Right. She is this hot little thing. She's still this gorgeous woman. Now her husband is up to his eyeballs in debt struggling he is you know not in good standing with the wealthy elite at the moment right um he's not in good standing with the mobsters that he's borrowed money from and he kind of becomes his reaction to losing his status and money is to kind of become like psychotically obsessed with not losing her oh so he is all over her who are you with? Where are you? Anytime she was out at night, he would call her incessantly. He would yeah. drive her, you know, just drive her nuts. And things kind of also apparently got physical. And um, she basically, he goes on vacation to Mexico. And at this point, I think she maybe had taken out a restraining order or two on him. But they're still oh, married, yeah. so maybe not. So he goes on vacation to Mexico, uh-huh. according to the documentary Fatal Vows the episode about this couple and while he's in mexico she sells their home and takes the kids and moves to Aspen, i guess she Colorado. knows how to do that yeah she is a real estate agent so he goes on a trip comes home they are gone there's a note on the table saying we can't be together anymore this can't work uh and she says i've taken the kids when we've moved to aspen and thus ensues an incredibly acrimonious divorce that goes on for years. Really? But basically, she's at some point, three restraining orders are taken out against him. Oh, her yeah. saying that he was threatening her, harassing her. He'd been violent with her. He then counters back and he says that she's defaming me and slandering my name to my children. All trying, She's trying to take my kids from me. It's really, really bad. So Ouch. much so that I guess at one point... 
uh, they were in court, yeah, a custody battle type situation, and she was actually arrested for like a day or in contempt or whatever because she dumped a glass of water on him. In court? In court. Like was pissed off about something he said, picked up the glass of water she had in front of him and like threw it at him. And they basically held her in contempt of court and put her in jail. Oh my God. And then she had to pay to get out because that's how that works, I think. Contempt of court, you just have to pay and then they'll let you out. That's what I think Law & Order SVU has taught me. (laughs) You got to give up your confidential source or pay to get out of being held in contempt. So things are bad. They have an there's no love lost there right. these two basically hate each other at this point wow. she's in aspen he's still in tucson um he is actually one of the things they say about him is he was actually a really doting good father oh, and so yeah. losing his kids in this way and then feeling that she was trying to turn them against him that trying to kind of create awful. a scenario where they would always pick her over him he wasn't going to get to be a part of their lives yeah. if so facto she is saying that she is afraid of him and that she doesn't want to be anywhere near him physically. And so it's a struggle for her because every time he comes and gets the kids, then they have to be, you know, they have to have conversations and be near one another. And all this is going on. He's in Tucson. She's in Aspen. They eventually do get divorced. Right. Um, But their relationship is bad. And it is a constant... Yeah. And she's Bitter. she's doing like real estate now in Aspen. Yeah, no, she's in Aspen. A lot of people said that her main reason for moving to a place like Aspen was to find her, a, next. her next wealthy husband. But yeah. she's also working. Yeah. She's in real estate. Uh, she gets very quickly kind of into the high society of Aspen, and she becomes an Aspen socialite. Yeah. Um, I guess if you know how to do that, right? Like you know what what well, the whole the right, game is right you're like i was in the junior league in tucson that's right so let me join the junior league of aspen right well she's in t- aspen she's looking for her next atm she's like where's my bling 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 and she go there's a there's a barbecue happening oh yes in her neighborhood in her neighborhood she goes to the barbecue and i wonder what her house was like like i'm assuming that it wasn't because i i looked up aspen and they're like Homes go for twenty five. Oh, million. it's insane! I've only been to Aspen one time, just for a, a trip. Yeah, like a family. We went for my mom's birthday, and uh-huh. my dad at the time worked for a company, who like the president of the company had a condo in Aspen that the the members of the company were allowed to use. Oh, that's cool! Kind of like a company condo. Oh my god, that's so amazing! So we got to go. It was super fun. But I mean, it is a she she town, and to yeah. live there year round. But when I think of Aspen, I think of um, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, it's so funny. I think of Aspen Extreme. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Was that the one with... Uh, that was the, the movie in the 90s, I believe. Yeah. About, with... like the ski instructors and then the rich woman. Yeah. She was the blonde woman from Curly Sue. I think that's the thing about Aspen is it's, it is a fairy tale to a lot of people. Like, yes, it's of course. Playground. But it's like the 1% like can actually yeah. live there. And yes, you can go visit. Like You can go, go on a quick vacation. Yeah. Or I guess you but can be a ski who... instructor from Detroit. But if you're not a ski instructor... <laughs> You have to have money. But if you live there. And so this woman, Pam, goes there to set herself up and her kids up for the next big thing. Yeah. But she and meets to... Ron Young yeah, at a so barbecue. At a barbecue. In He's her neighbor. her neighbor. And she yeah. meets Ron Young. And so this is, mind you, I think probably 95. Yeah. Early 96. So the internet is still kind of new. Yes. Right. And she has this oh, idea. This she has a startup idea. Yep. She's going to create a website called Star Babies where she's going to do the star charts of your baby for you so yep. you can know how to be the best parent possible. That's amazing. And Ron, yeah. this neighbor that she has that she meets at this like, barbecue, is actually like really proficient with the internet in uh, a way that nobody else was really? at the time because it was such a new thing. But sure. he was super into it, super knowledgeable. So he says that he'll help her. Right. She's like, I'll hire you to help me with my business. Yeah. So he starts to help her with her business, Star Babies. And what is Star? Star oh, yeah. You <laughs> said what it is. But I'm obsessed with Star Babies because here's the, the funniest. Th- I mean, it's crazy. Website. I actually went online. I'm like, www.starbabies.com. It doesn't exist. The website's Anymore. for sale. Um, obviously. Well, maybe not obviously. Or maybe did it ever really exist? I don't did know. Did she get it off the ground? 
Well, it, they showed pictures of it, yeah, so it did seem like she did. So she did the charts of babies, like so. Parents would would give in the baby's information, and they would, you know, they give get the them birth that. Chart. Yeah, and oh, so what a birth chart is. This is interesting because I th- maybe I'm a dork, but I thought it was interesting because I didn't know. What is a natal birth chart? A well-made chart can tell you about you, your family, the life that you were born into, and what your soul is looking to heal and or achieve in this lifetime. Yeah. Have you ever had your chart done? Um, Everin, I had it with you. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes. You're right. We did Remember, we, we had... her and I produced this thing, and I was uh, directing it, and you produced... And I, you were and I like acted the, in it, and I was... One of the... And I was a co-producer with Co-producer. You. And... Um, as a gift, uh, after we did it, the person who hired us... Shane, we love you. I love you so much, Shane. I hope you're still listening. I know you listened to the first couple yeah. and you texted us Very it. talented person. Very talented Incredible writer. writer, yeah. Um, he got us this... Uh, as a gift, As yeah. a gift. And we went to this wonder woman, wonderful woman. Her name's Rebecca Gordon. Yep. Right? And she basically was... She gave us our charts. And yeah. it was crazy. She did an astrological reading for us. Yeah. And I will say... For me, some of the things she's like, well, actually, hers is not my most interesting. It was very, it was very cool. But I she was had some real spot on stuff. She did. She really like, did. I remember her telling me, well, there are two things that stuck out to this day that I remember so much about it, other than just the lovely feeling that I had from her the whole time, and she yeah. just felt so kind. She was such an intuitive empath, you know. Yeah. She just, and I mean that in a good way, not yes. like she was reading me, yeah, but no, just no. that she was reading me because yeah. she's. She was a normal human being, but she was a super kind person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember her telling me one of the things she told me was that I was going to invent something. I'm still waiting for that day. Oh my God, right. But I'm going to, I'm an inventor in the making, you guys. I I could do it. I could do it. Um, But the one thing that I couldn't believe she had told, she told us when she was doing our readings for us, she said, remember the date, September, I believe it was like September 8th or 9th. She was like, just remember that date. Okay. That date is super significant. Okay. Great change in your life is going to occur on that date. And I remember saying to her, oh, well, I'll remember that. That's the day after I get back from this um, awesome vacation. <gasps> I'm going on to Croatia with my boyfriend and his whole family. I'm going to meet his sister for the first time. And we're all going oh my God. on this huge trip. This so I was crazy. like, that's a super easy day to remember. It's literally the day after we get back from Croatia. What? So then I go to Croatia and I get engaged and... Oh my All this God. life, you know, it's this life-changing moment. Yeah. And she had told me to remember the day that I returned because that was the day that my life will have shifted into an, a completely different place wow. and things wouldn't be the same. And Listen. I started being like, she's a genius. So I will invent something someday. <laughs> uh, you, uh, absolutely. Absolutely you will. And she did tell me something that I, I'm still working on, but it is happening. My, I have a little company, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but. Um, but it is happening and that was quite a few years ago but I will say one of the craziest um, it wasn't it wasn't someone doing my charts per se but my friend Sam Samara God love you goddess of all goddess of all she is just the best anyways she got me a gift when I still lived in New York Uh, she got me a gift of a a tarot reading okay so I've done it a couple times and I don't know if if you haven't done a tarot reading or if you're scared of it, it I totally get it. But the truth is, my take on tarot is, in the centuries past, I think it was it used to it was therapy. I think people go to went and did tarot for therapy because you get to talk about you literally you're like okay hi they're like what what question do you want to ask and you're like I'm worried about this, and they pull out cards and literally you can talk about anything kind of. But well, they interpret the cards. They interpret the cards in so much as the framework of the question. You yeah, so and so really you get to really get through your questions, therapy. whatever. So I love it. But anyways, my friend Sam got me, bought me this um, tarot reading with this girl who was amazing, a woman who was amazing, and I put it off. I mean, I think it was about to lapse. I think it like it was two years after she bought it for me, and I had already moved to uh, California, and. I was at my parents' house for like, I want to say it was like Easter weekend or something. And I was like, I need to use this thing. And we did it. So we, I did a Skype tarot with her. And so she only saw my like face as we're doing this whole thing. And she, most of the time tarot people don't like do any like. Right. They're not psychics. They're They're not trying. this woman, she was like, are you pregnant? I was like, uh, yeah. Cause I was pregnant. I don't tell my husband. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no one knows. No. And then, I, and then she was like, um, well, you're going to have a boy. I, I, or she's like, I'm hearing that you're going to have a boy. And then she goes on and on and about a million things that were real that I was like, my mind was blown. So anyways, I don't want to derail this, but it was like, what? But it, it was a lovely conversation I had with her. She was delightful and it was fabulous. So Star Babies is a brilliant idea. But I don't think she was an actual, maybe she was. What if she was like a I real, I can't believe it. I don't think she was, but I think the concept was interesting. Yeah. For people that do love astrology and who... Especially the context of it was how to be the best parent to your yeah. child by knowing kind of like what their soul is searching for. Or, yeah, you know, sure. all the things about them based on where and when. Cookie bananas, but I love it. But, I, but it's just so crazy. So she invites her neighbor. Yeah, to help Ron her with Young, the business. To help her with the internet stuff. Yeah. And then he's also says that he's a financial advisor. He's going to help her with her investments. And somewhere along the line, <clears throat> even though he is a an older gentleman, yeah. much older than her, and based on the photos I've seen, well, rough not around cute. the edges. Not cute. They um, transition from neighbors to lovers. Do they really? Because she denies it. Well, she denies it, but I saw several interviews with the man who was her children's nanny, who basically lived in the home, and oh, was really? like, he definitely, they spent many an evening in her bedroom for several hours at a time wow. her computer was in the den downstairs so i think they were lovers or they were or hatching the scheme we're going to talk about okay. at some point we're going to get to it guys um but anyway so their relationship becomes much more personal right and her divorce is now final okay so it, i believe it is hold on one second no, november of 1995 pam and gary finally divorce they're trying to rebuild their lives she's looking for you know her next husband and to build her real estate job there in aspen he's trying he's determined to be like a phoenix rising from the ashes okay um in terms of getting his shit back together because at this point his company had filed for bankruptcy oh, really? i mean he was something like 26.9 million dollars in debt to Is various no, sorry, Gary. Oh, sorry, the Gary. husband. Yeah. Um, so he is attempting to kind of get his life back on track, and things seem to be going pretty well. Then on November first of nineteen ninety six, a couple days before, it's a Friday afternoon. Every Friday afternoon, Gary played eighteen holes of golf with a buddy, and uh, was also like his kind of his birthday weekend. His birthday was right. I think five days later, but. They were going to celebrate over the weekend. Unbeknownst to him, there was actually a surprise party being planned at his house while he was out playing golf oh, wow. at La Paloma Country Club, where I've had brunch. It's very good. Oh. And um, also a very nice golf course. Yeah. Tucson has tons of golf courses right. because it's where people go to retire. So like, right. what do you need? Golf courses yeah. that are beautiful and it's really nice there year-round. Fun fact, I like golf. Do you really? Yeah, I love playing I golf. I am horrible at putt-putt. Yeah. And then I did play... What's that thing that's kind of, it's the new thing where you like hit gol the golf ball. Drive, drive? No, but it's, it's a game range? where it's like almost like bowling. Like you try to oh, hit I don't know. targets. <laughs> it's a Kansas thing. Anyway, golf something. I'm horrible at all things golf. I did not know you liked golf. Yeah, let's do it. It's so much fun. All right, well, we can try, but I will be bad. Well, we could cheat. Let's just cheat a little. Okay. Well, I'm down to cheat. We'll play golf. best ball. Okay, deal. Okay. So he finishes his round of golf. He gets into his 1989, although it's 1996, so still financially working on things. Ooh. Didn't have a brand new car or anything. Gets into his um, Lincoln Town car in the parking lot of La Paloma Country Club and notices a bag, like a duffel bag, sitting on the front seat. Oh, my God. Now, this is a Country Club members only. He's a really well-known member. You know, he never locked his doors. Windows left down. It's Arizona. It's a bajillion degrees, even yeah. November. Yeah. And so... People speculate that he probably assumed, oh, this must be some kind of a birthday gift. Oh. So he leans over to open the bag and kaboom. And the reason why they can say things definitively like he leaned over and was either reaching for the bag or opening it is because of the damage to his body when the <gasps> bomb exploded. Oh, my God. Um, all to his right side. So if he's in the driver's seat, the passenger seat yeah. is to his right the right side of his body was like got the worst of it by a lot. But basically, a, a pipe bomb goes off in his car. Oh. He is killed instantly. 
the the huh. forest is like crazy. Glass yeah. flies like something like 400 feet away into the pool of the country club. Oh, shit. Miraculously, nobody is seriously injured. I think one other person in the parking lot got a couple of like scrapes and cuts oh. from flying debris. Wow. Yeah. But it's kind of a miracle because it was a Friday afternoon, a very busy time yeah. of day for people to be around and nobody was hurt. But Gary Triano was killed instantly. Well, that's at least that's nice. I mean, that he well, yeah, didn't have to suffer. It, he didn't but suffer. But wait, how is a pipe bomb detonated? So they said that this was a remote detonator, which means that somebody had to be within a quarter mile. And oh. let's be real, if you wanted to make sure that you were setting the bomb off yeah. at the right time, they were probably within eyesight. But somebody yeah. had to actually press the button. Oh. So that's what they know. That's crazy. Also, I'm just going to say this because I thought this was interesting. Do On it. November 1st, so the same day of 1996, Pam also sends a missed payment on a life insurance policy that she'd missed the previous month. She had failed to pay the October payment on a life insurance policy for Gary Triano. Oh. And she sends that missed payment on November 1st, 1996. So because of his affiliations with certain underworld groups of people, initially that is the the direction the investigation goes into. In right. fact, the biggest... Um, suspect uh, um, immediately after the car bomb goes off is Neil McNeese, who is a billionaire. Right. He is um, the child of very wealthy people. It was like uranium miners money. And um, so he was born into money, but then it also made a lot of money. And he was a heroin addict and and a a coke addict. And apparently the money he had made on his own that wasn't his family money was all in like the drug trade so not on the up and up yeah and there's a famous story that says that when everything was going to shit for gary financially right pam gave him her engagement ring and was like (gasps) yeah all right right. just sell it do what you have to do yeah and so he basically takes this ring to neil mcneese and gives it to him as collateral against a loan now i heard two disputing okay i heard eighty thousand dollar loan and two hundred and fifty that's what i heard was 250 so i've heard both but either way he gives the ring as collateral for a very large let's say six-figure loan yeah so it turns out gary triano was full of shit and when neil mc Sorry, Neil McNeese had the ring. He had appraised. appraised. It was a cubic zirconia, and it was worth $8,000. Because it was that big of a cubic zirconia. It was still an $8,000 ring, if you think about that. And cubic, like, it was huge. But it was worth $8,000. So it was worthless as collateral against the loan. And I guess that Neil was furious, was threatening his life, was calling him nonstop, like, all kinds of stuff. But basically, the case against him kind of falls apart because that event had taken place something like three or four years before the bomb. Right. Why would he? Why bomb. would he? S- so why would he wait? Yeah. Um, and then also as, he has money. Why is yeah, he going to kill somebody? He doesn't need. To, I mean, yeah. he was apparently a a cokehead guy, so he was ragey. But also, <laughs> that many years had gone by, so he, I don't think he'd been plotting this pipe bomb for four right. years, and neither did the police. And then as they're doing further investigation, they piece together the bomb. That's a huge thing when any time a bomb goes off, you know, you kind of find all the pieces and you put it together. Oh, really? And it becomes very obvious to the investigators that this is a, uh, whoever built this bomb was an amateur. Okay. It's real kind of sloppily pieced together. One of those things that it just, it's not a professional bomb. Gotcha. And so they basically stop. Inve- like uh, following the lead that this is some kind of a professional hit, right? Or like a, mob, by, like a mob, because a mob hit. hit would be a professional. A mob hit, hit yeah. they would there would have been a guy who knew how to build bombs, right? And it would have been a good bomb, <laughs> not just like a crappy pipe bomb that you had to be pretty close by to set off. So cops are investigating and investigating, and uh, one cop is a, uh, is acutely aware of the fact that about three months after Triano's death. A $2.2 million life insurance policy was paid out to um, Pam, Pamela Phillips. She's going by Pamela Phillips now. So in Aspen, oh. nobody knows her as Pamela Triano. That's oh. not a name she goes by. And uh, so Pamela Phillips, she is the trustee. So her two, their two children, Pam and Gary's two children, are the beneficiaries of uh-huh. it. But they're three and six when this bomb oh, goes wow. off. So she is the trustee. So the money goes to her. 
And so there's this little nagging. His name is uh, Detective James Gamber or Gamber. I'm not sure how you uh-huh. say it. I'm going to say Gamber. And there's just like kind of a little alarm bell that goes off. You know, as far as he can tell, the only person to benefit yeah. from and his they're death. divorced, they're right? They're divorced. Yeah. They have been divorced now for a year. Um, and the only person, though, who seemingly has benefited right. from his death is Pamela Phillips. That's a good So he just kind of holds on to that information. But they follow every lead. And after a couple of years, the case is still active, but it definitely goes pretty cold in terms Ooh, of yeah. there's just no new information coming out. Then the Pima County, so that's Tucson, the Pima County uh, Police Department gets a phone call from the Aspen Police Department Ooh. saying that they have been uh, looking for a man named Ron Young, who was accused of committing fraud against several members of the Aspen community, but one of them was Pamela Phillips. And so I think the thinking there was is that this woman had ties to a criminal. You have a dead-end case of a a murdered man, and the only person who benefited from it was his ex-wife, and now she has ties to this criminal. So now they want to find Ron Young. So as police departments, you know, again, across state lines, it is kind of hard. There's not always communication. As we learned in Bonnie and Clyde, but that was many, many years ago. And so many of them, you know, like, look at Ted Bundy. That's how he got away with it for so long. But it's, you know, because they're not always communicating and, like, information across state lines is not always readily available, sometimes it's just dumb freaking luck. So basically, in, it's even before the bomb goes off. It's in 96, and I think it is, like, September, maybe, in Yorba Linda, California, a van has basically been abandoned uh, on, in a neighborhood. It's been there for days. It's clearly hmm. no one's coming back for it. The neighbors in the area call the police. They run the plates. The van has, in fact, was a rental van that was never returned, so it had been reported stolen. Oh. So the cops go. They inventory everything inside the van, and they get all this evidence, but it means nothing to them. And all of this is prior to the bomb going off. So what they find in the van is a sawed-off shotgun, a bunch of legal documents about... Um, Pam and Gary Triano's divorce. Interesting. A map of Tucson, Arizona, and a list of Gary Triano's known associates. So now, I mean, it's almost like this is planted. I mean, that's crazy that they would leave. He would leave all that information in there. I know. It's well, we'll get to that too because yeah. it's so interesting how this all plays out. So basically, once the bomb goes off, we've got a murder. We're now trying to uh, tie things together. The Yorba Linda police then share the information. They're like, oh oh, we actually found this van abandoned in 96. Who was rented to? And then when they do the search to find out who had rented the van, the name Ron Young comes back up. So now Ron Young is person number one that the Pima County Police Department is like, we have to find this guy. Like, he is somehow connected. They run a search of his name in Tucson, discovered that he had spent two weeks there over the summer of 96. And so basically it uh, it appears that he had kind of stalked Gary Triano and figured out his schedule, kind yeah. of like his pattern of behavior, who he hung out with, where he went, what I he mean, did. It's just so now they have proof that this guy was in Tucson, was clearly looking at Gary Triano, and has a connection to his ex-wife Pamela Phillips, but they cannot find him. So finally, in two thousand five, so we're going nine years here wow. without an arrest. Case wow. has gone seemingly cold yep. to everybody who is not you know, in the know of the investigation. Right. They basically get America's Most Wanted to put Ron Young on an episode. And they, he's, because he's wanted for fraud in Aspen, for defrauding all those people. So they try to kind of hold back as much information as possible about Triano. I think they slightly allude to it in the episode, but it's mostly about the fraud charges. Okay. The police receive a tip Almost immediately after the episode airs from a chiropractor in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, who calls and says, Ron Young, who was going under a different name, an alias at the time, Uh um, is my patient and he has an appointment tomorrow. What? So the following day after this America's Most Wanted airs, Ron Young shows up to his chiropractor appointment. Cops are there. 
He has a gun on him. So they were only there to arrest him for the fraud charges. Right. But now he's also being arrested for carrying an illegal unregistered firearm. They got him. They arrest him. Wow. So now they're trying to tie him to this murder. He denies it. He says he has nothing to do with it. But because he'd been arrested, they get a warrant to his apartment. So one thing about Ron, other than being super internet savvy... And really good at stealing people's money is that he was a meticulous record keeper and also kind of a hoarder, like kept everything. So when they go into his apartment with their warrant, they basically find um, floppy disks, hard drives, and a ledger book with basically like invoices for every payment he's ever received from anybody. And then wow. they also find micro cassettes of wait, what's a oh those yeah little teeny the things, audio the little uh, audio like the baby ones that you would put in like a recorder. Oh, so he has recorded every phone conversation he has ever had with Pamela Phillips. What he has a book with a ledger with every single cash payment she had ever paid him over the last what are we now? It's two thousand five or six. It's yeah, cool. you know we're like about ten years after the bomb. And she has been sending him payments of about anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 every couple of weeks for almost 10 years. And Holy shit. So she says, when they ask her about that, she's like, that was just payment for like financial advisement. Uh, okay. And this is after she... After she called the cops on him for being like, he stole my money. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. So they're going through everything. He has all of these tapes. They're listening to all of these phone conversations between the two of them. And it's... Really only when they get to the very last of the tapes that basically she says, I'm not going to pay you anymore. I can't. I'm not going to. And he goes, well, then you're going to spend the rest. Then you're going to have to enjoy the rest of your time in women's prison for murder. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. Circumstantial we know. But they basically now know that this man was stalking Gary Triano in Tucson. Right. That he was being paid over the last decade Crazy. by his ex-wife in like small cash payments, but a lot. Yeah, it gets up to $400,000. And then he basically says, if you don't continue to pay me, you will end up in jail for murder. That is all the cops need. They arrest Ron Young for the murder of Gary Triano. And then when they go to arrest Pamela Phillips, they find out that she has left the country. Interesting. And she has gone. Isn't that convenient? How convenient. Yeah. So she has gone to Switzerland, they say, to see her daughter who's in school there after going to like Milan um, and all this stuff. Oh, one sidebar. Tell me. So one thing that they said was, so right before that America's Most Wanted thing had come out. Yeah. Where they did allude to the fact that he was maybe a contracted killer of Gary Triano, whose wife. Pamela Phillips Triano. So she had this serious, serious boyfriend who was like super rich in Aspen. Things were getting close to the, to the engagement portion of their relationship. And so she is like, I've done it. I found my guy. Yeah. This episode airs, which basically insinuates that this man was a hired killer. Her, I believe her photo and name are Uh-oh. are mentioned in the episode. And this dude straight up is like, yeah. So you you kill rich dudes for their money and life insurance. Like, I'm going to go ahead and just back away. Whoa. So they were on the verge of being engaged. And he cuts off all ties with her. Was. I know what he was his like. name was never yeah. mentioned. But basically after this episode airs, He's arrested. Very shortly after that, her relationship falls apart. It's now kind of known in Aspen that she's a person of interest at the very least. And then eventually, pretty long, I mean, I'm going to say, oh, in September 2006, all right? So the episode airs in um, 2005 in November. So September of 2006, within a year Pam Pamela Phillips is publicly named a suspect wow. in the murder of her ex-husband. So in September of 2008, they're going, you know, it's all circumstantial evidence, so they still can't find, like, one thing. But so they, they also c- can't get her, right? She's, like, in Europe. They can't. Well, she leaves in September of 2008, okay, but they're, yeah. like, trying to build a case against her. 
So she flees the country, and then October of 2008, Young is fine, Ron Young is finally arrested for Gary's murder. Gotcha. In December of 2009, so a year after that, Pam is finally found and arrested in Austria Whoa. for his murder. And then um, she is basically held there for a year. They work out, they're working out extradition. There are laws, I believe, in Switzerland and maybe uh, she was in Austria. Yeah. But extradition laws that say they will not extradite anyone to the U.S. if they're going to be put to death or the option of the death penalty is on the table. Okay. So there's like some legal mumbo jumbo there where basically Arizona has to say there will be no capital punishment charges. Like whatever it is, she will that will be off the table gotcha. before they're finally able. Wow. that This is interesting though. I, yeah. I mean. So in March of 2010... After going on trial, he never implicates. He claims he's innocent. He says the money was that he was extorting her because he found out about her husband, husband being murdered and that she was potentially a person of interest and that he extorted her for money so that the High Society of Aspen, he was going to tell them that she was a person of interest in her ex-husband's murder if she didn't pay him. So he's saying he was extorting her. That's what the payments were for. Okay. He never implicates her and says he's innocent. In March of 2010, based on all of this evidence they found, the tapes, the ledgers, right. the floppy disks, all the stuff, he is found guilty and of first-degree murder and sent to jail. In uh, A couple months later, in July of 2010, Pam is finally extradited back to Tucson. And basically, years go by where they're doing psychological evaluations. Is she competent to stand trial? Oh, is yeah. Is she not? Some psychologists say she's straight up faking, saying things like, the government's implanted chips in my brain, and yeah. I'm nuts. You know? And so finally, in 2012, she is deemed competent to stand trial. So with all the stuff that goes on in the legal world, yeah. finally, she goes to trial for first-degree murder in 2014. And it's fascinating. So the defense basically says it wasn't her. It was extortion that the payments were for. It was Neil McNeese and right. the fact that he gave him a bum diamond ring and that he was tied up in, with the mob and owed all kinds of money. She says that's why she fleed to, Aus uh, to Aspen, not because of him, but because she was afraid for the life of her children right. and herself because of how many threats against her husband's life. She says he was always carrying a gun and he was kind of like losing his mind with paranoia and fear. Uh -huh. So that's the defense's case. The prosecution presents all of the evidence they've found, which is that nobody benefited from his death but her. She got a $2.2 million right. insurance settlement. She's been paying up to the amount of $400,000 with a man that she had a sexual relationship with um, that is also like a known criminal who kept all these records of it. And then the big bombshell in her trial is a girlfriend of hers from Star back in her Sundays named Laura Chapman. I had to look up what a star witness is because she was the star witness. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just somebody who shifts the dynamic of, um, you know. Somebody who's going to come in and who's going to create the narrative for yeah. whatever side they're on. And it changes on. the jury's mind. That's, she's going to paint the picture. She's the nail in the coffin right. for prosecutors. Although they will tell you that up until the minute the verdict was read, they knew their evidence was circumstantial and they had no idea because the defense had come up with like I guess technically a plausible alternative suspect right which would then maybe say there is reasonable doubt right so basically Laura Chapman is a good friend of Gary and Pamela Triano's from back in the day when they were married she in was Tucson on, in Tucson she was on that private jet with them and Donald Trump and Marla Maples yes. a big part of her life and she her star testimony was that after a big old fight where Gary had kind of roughed her up, gotten right. physical with her, that she was kind of hysterical, called Laura. Laura and another girlfriend came over, and as Pam is crying and freaking out, they realize that she's not crying because she's scared. She is so angry that she's got those, like, rage yeah. tears happening. It's mostly starts, when I cry. That's it's the only, mostly... I, I usually only cry when I'm yeah. angry or happy at commercials. Oh my God, Christmas commercials have been killing oh. me lately. But basically, <laughs> her testimony is that in her rage-filled kind of hysteric hysterics yeah. that she's going on, that she says, I should just have him taken out. I should just hire somebody to take him out and get him out of my life. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So, 
That's like a pretty so Laura big bombshell. Says that, yeah. So Laura says that. Then of course the defense is like, well, why didn't you ever say anything? It's been 18 years. Yeah. It's 2014 now. This happened in 96. Right. And she said, well, to be honest, at the time when he died and I thought to myself, oh my God, she actually did it. It occurred to me that if she could have her husband killed, she could have me killed and my right. family killed. She's like, so I was afraid to say anything. And that's why I never came forward. The other woman who was in the room said that she does not remember hearing her say that. Mm-hmm. Linda, or sorry, Linda. I'm still thinking about last week's episode. <laughs> Laura has gone on record as saying that she believes that the other witness in the case that says she doesn't remember, she doesn't say no, she just says yeah. I don't remember, is perjuring herself because she is afraid. Yeah. And that's why she didn't say anything. And then um, Pamela says that Laura had a brain tumor. Right, I read, I saw that, like, in the, I watched a 48 Hours, and yeah. she was like, oh, she doesn't know anything. She had a huge brain tumor. It made her, her memory, it screwed her memory it up. It totally affected and messed up her but memory. But she's like, She's like, know, that was several years after Yeah, the and Laura was I'm like, I remember everything. Yeah, she says, and it has had no effect on my memory. So basically, Crazy. after Star Witness testimony, testimony, <laughs> sorry, Star Witness, the Star Witness testimony of Laura Chapman, all of the circumstantial, yes, but very damning evidence yeah. that Ron Young kept in his apartment. The jury deliberates for, I also read conflicting things here. I heard 13 hours and I heard three days. We're going to say somewhere between 13 hours and three Great. days. Um, they come back. One of the most interesting things I found, Vanya, was mm. there's video of Pamela before oh. the verdict is going to be read. And the tension in the room, the prosecutors are afraid they haven't done their jobs. You know, the, the defense did come up with, like, a, a reasonable alternative suspect. Is there everything circumstantial? They just really don't uh-huh. know. If they, they know they have the right woman, but they just don't know if they've done enough. Yeah. And they say that the only person in the room who didn't seem nervous was Pamela. And they showed all these video clips of her, like, making direct eye contact with the cameras. She smiles. She, like, does this little thing of, like, like, can you believe we have oh to do this, gosh. you guys? Like, she makes this face. It's very much like, it's all going to be fine in just a few minutes. Just wait. I can't believe I even had to go through the, like, ugh of this. Ooh. So when the jury comes back and gives their verdict, she is found guilty of first-degree right. murder, of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and she is sentenced to spend the rest of her natural life in prison. So that basically Without means parole. no probation, no parole, no death sentence, but she will die in prison. Huh. And she is stunned. Like, all the video footage, I highly recommend. Really? If this case fascinates you or if you're interested at all of checking it out because it's all over the internet. Yeah. The moment when they read it. She can't believe it. In fact, she stands up and declares very loudly to the judge, I'm innocent, and then turns around to the gallery. So everybody's sitting in court, and she says it again two more times, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. As they take her away. She still maintains her innocence to this day. She does. Yeah. I mean, listen, you can believe you're innocent. Yeah. I mean, you can convince yourself that. Listen, she wasn't the one to to do the murder. She's like, I just paid for it. Right. And, you know, I guess you're right. There is a way, I think, to compartmentalize. Like, I never told him to do that. I just paid him for it. We tell our own stories a lot. we, We create. Situ- we, we create our own truth that we can live with. But I will say her kids didn't even show up at her trial at yeah, all. Yeah, her own children never even came to trial. And in fact, they sued her. Well, that, that was his two children from his previous oh, was marriage. It? They oh. did sue her and Ron Young for wrongful death and won a settlement of $10 million, which, of course, they've never really seen because yeah. that money doesn't exist, which is one of those things that I'm like, yeah. so sad. Yeah, I don't get that. Make it exist yeah. somehow. Um, but they did win the wrongful death suit, and both of them are spending the yeah. rest of their lives in prison. So, uh, so that is the crazy story of the lifestyles of the rich that's and famous right. of Tucson, and, Arizona. Yeah, wow. Pamela and Gary Triano. But I think what it goes to show is that, I mean, you know, we all these horrible stories, it's like, you know, hubris, hubris. I don't know. It's like the idea yes, of like greed, think, greed and thinking that you even Deserve. even Gary, you know? Yeah, that, well, of course. Of it's like space. buying her the zirconian ring. Like, why did it need to be that big? Why, right. Who fucking cares? Why did you need like, to Like, who is looking at your hand and who gives a shit? Right, but these people gave a shit. Yeah. This was the, it was high society. It was the world they lived in. And 
flashing your money was what it was all about. Yeah. And it's just so sad because when you do think about it, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, I mentioned briefly that there was a surprise party waiting for yeah. Gary at his house that he never even knew about the day his car blew up. Yeah. So there was a huge party of friends and family at his home who heard on the news that that a prominent Tucson businessman had a pipe bomb had gone off in his car. He had been killed in the blast wow. at a uh, at La Paloma Country Club. Every single person at that party knew that it was him oh. when they heard that. And you know, she also killed the father of her children. That's crazy. For $2 million. And here, I get it, it was the 90s, but I don't even know how far $2 million is going to go in Aspen. I mean, really? Like, realistically speaking. If you're saying, like, the homes are 25 uh, million I think the median is, like, 15 You know, so $2 million isn't going to... That's not going to fix everything. Yeah. So, anyway. Guys, don't kill people for money. It's not cool. Just don't kill people for money. Yeah. Don't kill people. Yeah, oh. Don't kill people. Just yeah. Kill, that's actually what we meant to say. Don't <laughs> kill people, you guys. There's always an alternative to murder. Guys, <laughs> hello. Follow us on Facebook. I mean, subscribe and to Instagram us. And Twitter. Yes. Rate get on review. iTunes. Rate tell review. your friends. Tell your friends. God damn, tell your Send friends. Send us an email at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com with yeah. a story idea. Yep. Give us um, recommendations for cold medicine that doesn't make you ramble so I know. Much. Um, guess, guess what? I feel like I'm going to do cold medicine every time. I'm, it's flu season, guys. So wash your hands and stay safe out there. God bless. We love you. Thank you for listening. Bye.